this is crazy. I'm a fucking broadcaster, nigga. I'm a fucking broadcaster. Yo, the set is leveling up. The set leveling up. Nah, yeah. We We're almost there. there. Definitely. Yeah, we're moving the mic around, but fuck it. We fucking here. How many episodes are we at now? Number like six. Five? We are number six. Six? Okay. That was the Rhythm and Rhymes podcast. Okay. I'm your host, AJ Hughes, and I'm here with my co-host, Antonio Hughes. He's made it back. How was the trip? Uh, it was good. It was good. Um, uh, I made a decision this week. I'm going to fam. Decided on that. Let's fucking go. Yeah, I'm going to fam you. Yeah, we're lit. We'll, we'll turn me up. Turn me there up. There you go. But, um, yeah, it was good. And I like I love the Bahamas. I'm always a big fan of the islands. Um hit a slot down there, so you know that's always good. Did you you hear any music down there? Anything interesting? Um, I was actually down there like looking stuff up, trying to figure out if there was any like special uh like genre that they go with down there, but it sounded like they listened to a lot of like American pop and American R and B. Like the R and B was a heavy one. That I was seeing a lot, and then um, some dance hall stuff. Buying here, nothing, nothing new yeah. down there. Like honestly, even in the resort, it wasn't like how it is in Jamaica, where they're just playing like Afro beats and playing dance hall. They're playing a lot of like like Chris Brown, and I was hearing T Pain, and like it was it wasn't even no like island vibe to the music. Like you're not, you're really not gonna hear that on the resort. On the resort, you're gonna hear. <clears throat> Like very general poppy music, like you said, because they don't know everybody's coming from everywhere, and a lot of the times they don't look or sound like us, and they don't listen to music by people. I feel, but I feel like we, I mean, we were on a resort in Jamaica, and we were hearing mostly like Afrobeats and like that style of music versus like maybe it's just different in the Bahamas specifically. I think it I, honestly, it just depends on who who's there and like who's the DJ. I feel like we talked to the. The DJs and the people that was working there and stuff like that for a minute, and I feel like they were, they realized that there was just a lot of black people at the pool when we were at the pool, so they just started playing more like island vibes, or they just have more freedom with that. So I feel, I feel like some of the resorts probably only allow like the playlists, like the top forty American hits or something like that, and they just put that over the radio. So it's really hit or miss. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Well, that's good that you made the decision. I mean. Uh, my decision was pretty straightforward, similar to yours. So it's good, though. You'll like FAMU, hopefully. We'll see. No, I, I, I think I'll like it. It'll be good down there. It's just good to get to Florida. That's what I've been waiting on is to get to Florida. Okay. Well, it's been, it's been a week since the Jack Harlow project came out. And you told me prior to it coming out that it was going to be good. And it was good, in my opinion. But I wanted to see what you had to say about it. Um, I always feel like Jack Harlow's um the shorter albums, the ones where it's like just him, no features, like they I really always like them. Like uh Sweet Action was the other one that came out that I really liked. Uh that was like seven songs real quick, real straight to the point. And I feel like on those it's kinda like Russ's chomp where he's just gonna sit there and bar you down for eight songs, bar you down for ten songs. And honestly I really liked it. Like I was one of those people who said Jack Harlow's last project was good, and I still think it's good. Like, wait, no, 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 not not call. Uh, come home, the kids miss you. The one right before it, his second. The one album, where he's in. I the, thought that was the really one where he's good. in the backseat with the the yeah, racially yeah, ambiguous that, one. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, <clears throat> I love that album. Um, and 
I've still been rocking him even past that. Like his last album didn't get as much acclaim. People weren't messing with it, but I thought it was still a decent like outing. I hear a lot of bad music and I didn't think that was hold on. What the sorry. I hear a lot of bad music. I didn't think that was bad music, so you know, I'm I've been messing with it. I've still been bumping it. What's your favorite song on it? Um it's my favorite song on the Jack Carlo project. I'd probably say um it can't be or ambitious. Those are the two that I've been really bumping a lot, like been kinda on. The beat on Ambitious is crazy. The production, like it's a good project, but what stood out to me was the production. And yeah. Um I think Somebody sent me the first one. Oh, Derek. Derek Cheney sent me the first one. And he went to Oswego High School, so he grew up by it. And I was I thought it reminded me of home so much. That song reminded me of home. The intro. And he sent it to me and was like, Yo, this sound like Oswego. I'm like, it does. It really does. Like <laughs> for him to acknowledge it, and I that's what I thought was interesting. For him to acknowledge the suburbs in the way he did growing up in it, it shows that he's just paying attention. You know what I mean? Like he is yeah. he is that like we all know maybe not a Jack Harlow that raps but we all know a guy like Jack Harlow that went to school with us you know and right we, like the the white kid that fits in with it, damn near everybody like, <laughs> yeah like, yeah, like I have some names but I'm not gonna say them but yeah I know I know a couple of people <laughs> I have like a that. couple but I thought I mean yeah it was a good project um I I'm glad that he's not allowing himself to fall into a uh, a box, you know what I mean? I think that I think the days of artists yeah. being successful that way is probably I don't want to say it's gone, but it's not it doesn't it doesn't behoove you to go try something else. Like if you do other things, you might as well try them because you might get fans for that or you might get people to listen to it for that. Or there might be a community out there that champions it. Like to just be a pop artist now is kind of stupid. I, I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I never really thought he would stay in that pop lane. Like, I a lot of his last album had a lot of those popier songs, those songs you would hear trying to get to the radio. But I feel like from day one, I felt like Jack Harlow was like a rapper for like he really could go. And I feel like even from songs like Sundown or um, but Sundown's even River Road, Sundown's like, like a poppy song though. I don't feel like it's a poppy song. I feel like it has a pop bounce to it, but he's still on there spinning. Like, and that's fit. I mean, that's, that's like, you're correct. You're hundred percent correct that he is, has been rapping from the get. I think what I'm saying is that it doesn't like, it's not, or it's, and he's a rapper. He's an artist. He's a singer. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like songs like that, where yeah. he has hooks yeah. that are, that are catchy. They're pop esque, but he's still rapping on it. I think that's what that's the appeal of an artist like, like a Russ. Like that's what makes his song so mm-hmm. good. In that he he understands the hook is what's going to get you, so he has good hooks. But then the verses are real verses. You know what I mean? And so I think rappers naturally either fall into one or the other. You know, like you think of like a G Easy, he goes a real pop route. You think of a Mac Miller, he goes the opposite route. So I think that there has been mm-hmm. like precedent set on what i guess path you go on whether it's like pop or underground but it doesn't have to be either it doesn't it's the only reason that it was either is because people were bad at marketing 
or people didn't understand marketing. It's just, if I have to show you to an audience a specific way, it's like when they used to have like the quote unquote rapper fit, like the quote unquote rapper fit is I have to put you in the chain, the glasses and X, Y, Z to make you appear to an audience as this thing. And it's like, no, if I do this thing, you just have to find a creative way to market who I am through that. Don't give me a fucking chain. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's literally that's literally what Kanye was built on. Was <laughs> I'm not the I'm a backpacker rapper. Right. I'm gonna come up in my polos. Yeah, like right. And yeah, I guess the the thing that I noticed, not even about just music, but marketing in general, is like when two ideas are opposing or juxtaposing, like it makes that thing more. It makes that thing, I guess, more attractive or stand. It stands out a little bit more, right? So Kanye coming with like, like he's mess like the juxtaposition of Kanye by being a backpacker, but also messing with like Hove and doing beats and soul samples for that type of like drug music. I think that's what made it interesting. You know, he was taking the world of like mm-hmm. the street with the world of like suburban America or whatever that thing was. Like growing up in church, you know, he was a middle. He grew up in a middle class environment. His mother was a teacher. So that's what made him interesting. And I think our fav- a lot of our favorite artists were the same way. We always know those two juxtaposing ideas were what made it interesting. So when people go to market it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think, it, it, I just think in terms of a business sense of putting the album out, it was just a smart move. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was good, like in between like a full project to like a little mixtape. Yeah. To show he's still still working on that side of it, you know. Okay. Well, I'll, we'll see which songs end up like staying in rotation. Ambitious is probably going to be one of them for me, but I just wanted to get your uh, take on it because you weren't here when I did my little album breakdown. I don't know if you saw what I said on it. Did you see what I? Uh, no, I gotta I gotta go watch it. I was basically saying I, I was saying listening to this album made me realize why hip hop stood apart from other. I don't want to say other genres, but what made it so distinct and why I think so many people gravitated to it was listening to this project odd enough. And it's just the thing about artists writing their own bars. Like that used to be something that people held like real dear to them. And it didn't really make any sense. Like it didn't make sense for a minute. I guess you get, it's more respectable if you write your own content, but if you're like somebody like Drake and you can go get the best writers, you could deliver it better than anybody else. And it's good music and I'm gonna listen to it. I don't really care. But listening to the Jack Harlow album, whether he wrote it or not, I realized when you're writing it, it's more, it's closer to, I guess, the truth or your authentic experience than if you have 17 people in the room. And I, you know what I mean? An individualized approach in that way. I don't think there's anything wrong with either approach, but I think that's what made it appealing to a lot of hip hop fans was you write your own raps. Like, this is really my life. I, I, I'm really, whatever these bars are is me. And so. Yeah. I I think like the persona, like you said, around the rapper, it started off as like, you got to wear this chain. You got to be this tough, hard dude. You got to be this, you got to be that. So it being like this raw form of music, I could totally see a bunch of people gravitating towards that. Like how um, I feel like somebody like Eminem even could show that because it's like, you're really in the rawest form of this and you relate to all this big mass group of people that feel this type of way. And this is just you for real, like in a, in a pop song, in a, in 
country songs, you're not going to get just the artists most of the time. It wasn't just them. A lot of the times these artists are built like people like Elvis, people like like Dolly Parton, people like, like just pop artists and that those genres, those are like built. They're like Motown. created. They're not Motown. like. Well, Motown, yeah, Motown. Motown's an enigma because they had so many heavy hitters in the room that, mm-hmm. you know, Motown's great. I can go on forever about Motown, but I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I think uh, I'll be interested to see where, I, I think that's something we're going to talk about a lot on here is just where hip hop is going. Um, right. I have, I want to get into the IDK album, but I think I'm going to save that because um, I have a, a semi, a decent amount to say on it. So what else we got on this list? Uh, Won't He Do It by Conway. Have you listened to it or no? Uh, I listened to a little bit of it. Um, kind of what I expected from Conway really gritty underground beats um i had a i had a little moment on there where i was listening and i was like is conway or benny better like i kind of still be sitting there back and forth between those two like i don't really take west side as a rapper that much like he's an artist and he'd be focusing on the fashion and all that other stuff but i feel like those two it's like you can never really tell who's who's better between the two of them like they're really both good but i was liking it so far i like the song with benny and um I like the there was a second or the third song in the album that I was really messing with. Yeah, I heard there was a song on there. It was him and Jay's what's guy named Jay Ski or something like that. Uh, yeah, Jay Ski. That the one with Ransom was good. Yeah, too. I heard that, that was the other one. I, I heard was really that. I haven't heard the whole yeah. project yet, but the singles that are that came off of it and that Ransom song, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely like. I'm definitely gonna give it a listen. I was listening to Conway's last project a couple of weeks ago. And I was thinking the same thing. I think I, I don't know who's better. I, I don't know who's better. They're both great. They're both great at what they do. Yeah. But Yeah, I feel like um Conway definitely just he's higher with the output than Benny is. Like I feel like Benny takes more time in between projects. Conway just keeps releasing. It's like every couple of months you see a different Conway project. Yeah. I think that whole underground wave, some of them some of them stay and that's I guess Benny just signed to uh, he signed to Def Jam, and he's with Rock Nation, right. so he's going a more I don't want to say mainstream, but he's using he's using more traditional uh, traditional companies to do his music now as opposed to the underground independent thing. So it makes sense why he slowed down. But uh, right. in the gym the other day, I was listening to um, I was listening to Ransom. Which ones, bro? I was listening. It was that run of, oh, Director's Cut, one, two, and three. Yeah, I forgot how crazy those projects were. That it, nah, he, he's been putting out good stuff, too, past that. Like, his last couple of projects, like the, I'm trying to remember if that was the one with um Rome Streets or if it was just him. Yeah. That was real good. Yeah, I haven't really listened to any projects since those. I think there was one where he had the game as a feature. I gave that one, like, one listen. It was okay. Mm-hmm. But he has so many quotable bars on director's cut one, two, and three. He has so many punchlines where I'm like, yo, he's rapping better than like just rapping, like throw a beat on and rap. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, no, he's definitely one of those punchline kings. Like he's he's one of those people I was sitting there like, could I use him for a caption? Like he's yeah. I, I definitely had him for that. Yeah. So I'll definitely check out won't he, won't he do it probably this week we'll see i've been given mm-hmm. i'm gonna get into idk's album really quick f65 
this album is actually crazy. And I think it's important. I think we're going to look back at IDK's F65 as one of those albums that sent hip hop in a direction that makes sense or rap in a direction that makes sense. I think that it's, it's cat first it's categorized as a jazz album, right? If you go to Apple music and read the description and look at the category, it's a jazz album, which is really weird. I have to look up the definition of jazz and the definition of jazz. Let me find it and give it exactly to you, but it was basically the, it, I guess the way I understood it is like how most things follow a pattern. It is like almost patternless. It is almost patternless. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it has a swing, a certain swing to it. And when I listen to the album, if you're listening to the album top to bottom, it's, there is no one sound to it. Like one, you got a slow singing, a slow R&B type of vibe. And then you got an upbeat Afrobeat record. And then you got, a dance record on there, which is Radioactive is kind of crazy. Radioactive is a crazy dance record. And when he was releasing a lot of these singles prior to the album, it didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And I was like, I don't know if I'm like this, but in the <coughs> sequencing of the project, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's every tempo from slow to fast. And it just made me realize what hip hop used to be Hip hop is a weird thing because it used to be a certain sound of son- like production and sonics paired with a type of delivery by the artist, right? And those things have sort of become separate of each other where the production has sort of, the production, they don't take as much time with it and they're not sampling like real music, like soul records and, uh, and actual instrumentation as much as like making beats on the computer and electronic stuff. And now rappers, and now people are using rap over pop records, over rock records, over, you know what I mean? So there's different deliveries over different productions. So what hip hop used to be, I guess, defined as is now different. So I guess rappers mm-hmm. are no, like at this point, you can be a rapper and not be hip hop. That is a hundred percent an option. And I think this album, he's rapping over so many different types of production that he is like break, almost breaking those, I don't want to call them chains. I don't like that analogy, but breaking the chains of this is how rap has to be in a way that I haven't really heard recently. I, I, I love it. I listened to it top to bottom one time and I love it. There's not a song on there that I really dislike. There's a lot of interludes. So it makes for a good, it makes for a good listen if you're going to listen to the full thing. But I really like this project so much. Yeah, I gotta. I really gotta tap into it. I think I was getting kind of biased off the singles, and I was like, I don't know if I'm really like it, but I definitely saw a lot more of the marketing, and it made me want to go check it out. Like, and I'm a big like, I don't know, album covers really make me really draw me in. Like, I feel like if you have an interesting cover to your project, it'll make me like be like, oh, what is this? Click on it, type thing. Yeah. So I definitely am gonna bump that on the way down to Champagne. But yeah. Yeah. The um. I mean, I, I read you the feature list a while ago. The Benny Benny's on here. That that song is good. Um, I thought Snoop Dogg was going to be on a song. It was just an interlude. Him talking about Tupac. Mm-hmm. Um, Tay Ewar, That's the the Afrobeat record. That one's dope. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I'm not mad at the Saucy Santana feature. 
I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I was walking into the Apple store to get that part today again. And I was kind of like, oh, my mind is kind of a vibe. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. It's kind of a vibe. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if you'll ever catch me bumping that like out loud, but it, in, the, in the flow of the album, it's not bad. It's not bad. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> But uh, I'm gonna definitely have to tap into it. I wanted to listen to that album. Yeah, I was kind of on that Conway one. Yeah, just let me know what you think next week. But well, other other music that dropped, um, Lil Baby dropped Go Hard. It was a single. I felt like I heard somebody say that uh, that Certified Lover Boy sounded like Drake doing a bad impression of himself. I think it might have been Rory or somebody. And that's mm-hmm. what Lil Baby's last project sounded like to me. The one that just came out. <laughs> it was him trying, doing a bad impression of himself. And so, I mean, I was kind of disappointed with the project as a whole. But this single, I like it. It sounds like it sounds like old baby, where it's just, you know, I'm going to throw a loop on there, and I'm just going to go crazy. The um, I was listening to Back, you know, Back On by Lil Baby. Yeah. It reminds me of that. It gave me that vibe. And... I like this song. Maybe I was jaded from the last project, but this one was good to me. So if you have time to go check yeah. it out. Did you hear it? I heard yeah. it. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a leak before. Like I, I had heard that verse somewhere, okay. but I did like the verse either way. And the song, it had a bop, but I don't know. I, I thought Lil Baby's last project was okay. I didn't think it was like, I think it was too bad. Like yeah. I thought it was decent. I definitely thought it was decent. I though. think... I don't know. We we there was a time where people were saying Lil Baby was on a Lil Wayne run, and I agreed. It looked. I like agreed, it. but the thing with that is, I think Lil Wayne's bars year to year just get better because he has to get more creative, and he just had such a high output. Yeah. I don't think the bars got any better. I think it was like, you know what I mean. He could have recorded the second project at the same time of the first project and just put that shit out three years later, and he and I would not have been surprised. It was like the same. There was no progression at all. I think Lil Wayne has that bars now. Lil Wayne still has a bar and makes you think like, yo, bro, what is this dude thinking? I didn't have any of that from Baby. So I, I think people just use that as like the bar or the comparison when you're having like a bunch of good verses come out at one time. Like how people were saying that about the baby, like even him, he put out a song today, wasn't good, <laughs> wasn't messing with it, sounded like the last fifteen. Just wasn't there, but it was going crazy on TikTok, you know, like. I don't know. The baby thing, the little baby thing is I'm putting out a ton of music. It's going crazy. And then everybody's asking me for a feature and I'm out rapping everybody on their song. You know, J. Cole, I don't, I don't care. Bart. Drake, I don't care. Bart. Like he's, whoever he's with is like, okay, this is different. I don't think the baby, the baby was having a run. But the baby's run was like it was all his music, and it was just a sound in a moment. You know what I mean? It, that I wouldn't even equate those two in terms of the baby's run was definitely respectable. I'm not saying it wasn't. It was just he wasn't out rapping everybody on their shit. Yeah, yeah. I think little baby like there at least for a good like year he was definitely doing that. Like he was hopping on other people's yeah. stuff, and it was like you're this is his song now. Like. It was, I'm, I'm trying to remember. That was like right after his second project, I think. Yeah. Like right after one with like Low Down and um, like that yeah. one, that project. I can't remember what it's called. So, I hope. My Moment or something. Yeah. 
hopefully hopefully he gives us a better project i'm not uh what's that jay-z quote if you want my old shit buy my old album i'm gonna listen to the old album <laughs> i'm gonna go listen to the old album so hopefully we get some good music but if not i'm not tripping um and then i had two more singles on here fireboy dml released a single called someone uh that was a cool vibe. i think i listened to it one time a couple of days ago i don't really remember I didn't I didn't dislike it enough to remember it, if that makes any sense. But right. have you heard it? I didn't hear okay. it. Did not hear okay, that. Okay, we're gonna have to check that. Add that to yeah, the we'll list. Yeah, we'll follow up on that next week. Um and then the last single that interested me was um Sinner by Ayanya. If I'm hoping hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Ayanya and Benson. Uh Benson, I come on here and talk about him every week. He's probably one of my favorite Afrobeats artists. And the thing that, the thing I love about him is that he's very well-rounded in terms of like, he can rap really well and he can sing pretty well and he does good hooks. And I think this one, he's more singing and I think he does the hook on here. But this this song is kind of crazy. So if you like Afrobeats or you need something like a summer vibe, definitely go check this one out. Love Buju. Yep. The guy's tough. So you had you said you had new music uh, that you wanted to talk about. What else did you have on here? Uh, I only had two more. Um, Gucci Mane dropped a song with Roddy Rich and Nardo. <laughs> I Wick, saw that. Was and, it good? Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, when I when I saw it, the first thing I said was, "Why do people keep calling Roddy Rich? He's not ready yet." Like I, I'm a, I'm a Roddy Rich fan. I was a big Roddy He's Rich fan for that first mean? project. That he's mean? just not ready he needs he, it's like he needs to go back to the drawing board and restart like he's not he hasn't been putting out good verses and when people have been calling him for features his features haven't been good his hooks have not been good okay. i just feel like he needs to take a break okay, okay. Yeah, that's okay. how i feel about it listen to say he's not ready yet it's like how do you get better other than go and make another song and <laughs> the only thing you can do is go make another I just stopped. I, I I had that feeling of like stop calling him for features, okay. but that wasn't where I was going with that. That's I'm just saying he he's been putting out a lot of bad stuff, and his 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 features have not been as good. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, okay, but either way, I like this verse. I really liked his verse on this song. I feel like he maybe he is getting a little better. Maybe he's getting his stride back. <laughs> but maybe he's just catching his stride again. But Yo. I did really like this verse. Um. <laughs> I felt like um, he's performed. He performed a lot better on it than a lot of the songs I've heard from him so far um, in recent times. I just maybe it's just a personal thing, but no. I, I like no, no, Roddy no, no. Rich. It's so, because, it's so funny because I was listening to the Ella May album a couple of weeks ago. The second I told people the second out the, the second Ella May album is way better than the first. She just had hits on the first, but there's a song that I love on the album called How. And I, every time I listen to it, I send it to somebody else. And I'm like, if Roddy Rich was not on this song, <laughs> I, say, <laughs> I say, if Roddy Rich was not on this song, I would not be mad. I wish, I, like, I wish there was a version of that song he wasn't on. Because the song is so good. No, and that's the. He comes the, in and fucks it up. He comes in and fucks it up. I was like, bro, we don't need you. But I know what you mean. No, that, and the, 
that's what I'm saying. Like half the songs, I'm like, if he just wasn't on it, it's not like he's a bad rapper. He just doesn't need to be on this. Like his verse doesn't fit. Like it, it doesn't even go with the flow. So yeah, yeah. he be coming. But other than that, he fuck up. He fuck up the whole vibe. <laughs> he fuck up the whole vibe. I'm like, bro, she's singing There's... so angelically, and you come on here high pitched. Let's stop. <laughs> Let's stop. So it was a good song. I should go check it out. I saw it, but I didn't play it. Uh, that, that, yeah, that was a good song. I was messing with it. Um, other than that, I had um a reggaeton album that I heard, kind of like an EP. Um, a guy named Dale. Um, D A L E X. I didn't want to say his name wrong. Didn't want to get it wrong though. Uh, it's called Reggaeton Sex. Um, I was messing with it. Had a good bop to it. Um. That's always what it is for me. Like the production on the album is really good. Um, he has some features on there that I had seen on other people's songs. Um, not really artists that I listen to personally, but his album was really good. I was messing with that. So go check that out. Reggaeton Sex. And then um, Brent Fias and Marshmello put out a song. Uh, it was cool. Um, it was all right. Uh, Marshmello is always pretty good with the getting rappers on kind of like the pop production i feel like he's kind of been going in that direction as far as like the music he's making he's not really trying to make like i don't even want to say traditional army because what's traditional army yeah. at this point but like i feel like he's been kind of going towards that pop lane yeah. in a way yeah i mean i feel like artists get so so they're trying to get that quote-unquote mainstream sound which has been traditionally mm-hmm. successful for so long um so i guess i get that but this uh i was trying to figure out where i seen this dude dale it's a dale is that how you yeah, yeah dale. He, i think that's how he you signed a rich music and rich oh, really? yeah rich music is uh Setch's label and mm-hmm. that was the you know that was the label that i applied to be an intern y'all didn't y'all didn't want me but it's fine uh, uh, but yeah, that he did a lot of production on there. I think so he was on a lot of the songs. Um, I'm definitely gonna check this out though. Rich, every time Rich Music puts out a project together, it's kind of I'm not gonna lie to you. The Academy is one that Karina put me on to way back in like probably what was that? That was 2021, that was early 2021, and so that project was really good. But I'm gonna definitely go listen to this one and then. Uh, I saw that Brent Fire stuff. He put out a Chopped and Slopped album. Is it Chopped and Slopped or Shot? What is it? Chopped and what? Chopped and Slopped. He he changes his. It's like Chopped but not Slopped. That's what he be calling uh, it. Yeah, he just put out the project. Chopped, not Slopped. Yeah. I don't know why he does that. Yeah, neither, neither <laughs> so, do I. But, okay. I'll definitely go give those a listen. Uh, I'm always looking for new reggaeton. I haven't heard a lot of new reggaeton in a minute. I just bought... Yeah. Oh wait. I just bought my tickets to uh to Afro Nation. I put in the media pass, but they told me that they won't let me know if I got the media pass until May twelfth. And they said they were almost out of tickets. So I just put my deposit down on the ticket and I'm gonna if they give me a media pass, I'm gonna cancel the ticket. If they don't, I'm still gonna go and I'm gonna buy the ticket. Mm-hmm. So but Sesh performs there. And I've been waiting for new Setch music. I thought he, he he's been alluding to it on social media, so I figured it would be it would be coming soon, but not really anything. He dropped the EP last year, so I'll definitely give it a listen until that comes because I'm still waiting on that. I've been listening to Mike Towers though. That Mike Towers project is good that you were talking about. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been steady bumping that. I think that's something that's really, really going to stay in my rotation. Like, um, he's actually going to be at Sueños. So I'm trying to go to Sueños on at least the Sunday. Oh, wait, do you need but, a ticket? I might have a ticket for you, actually. My friend was selling a ticket a couple of days ago. Text me about that after, or oh, maybe I could try to get a media pass to that. Do you think I could get a media pass to that? Potentially, you potentially could. You could, um, yeah, you could try and apply. Like we could, we could look after this or online, and then if not, I could try and see if my friend still has that ticket. She put it up two days ago, so she should. Okay. Yeah. But but. Okay. So yeah, I want to go to that. So follow music. I'll probably get into these two albums next week because. I like both of those, and then I want to talk about Daniel Caesar a little bit more um, next mm-hmm. week. But I wanted to talk about mainly the top one on the other topic, Missy Elliott, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I want to talk about this for a couple of reasons. First, I saw it on the Twitter timeline. I saw it on like my newsfeed on uh, Google Chrome. I saw it on Instagram. And then mom also sent it to me. and was like, yo, you should talk about this. She's the first black woman. Get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And you know, my first thought was when I seen that and mom sent it to me. Why, why is she the first black woman? Why do we fucking care who's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Missy Elliott has not rocked one role, nigga. We don't care. <laughs> we don't, like, bro. like, bro, I I was thinking about this because I'm like, okay, if you go check into who's on the okay, one, she don't even make rock and roll music. So, like, when we put black people in it, why aren't these people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Why do we care? The pe- Like, they don't even make that type of music. And second, the people on the board of that thing are not the same people that listen to her music. So, at this point, like, how are you even assessing or judging this? How many Missy Elliott records does the board really have they really listened to? I mean, maybe it's more so just, like, because Jay-Z's in there, too, and I know some other rap artists are in there. Maybe it's more so, care. like, I don't really take that as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's more so, like, a music Hall of Fame. They like, call it- Prince is in there. Like, Prince doesn't make rock and roll okay. music. But, I mean, he kind of does, but Prince is, Using like- traditional or mainstream uh, awards and media outlets to, like, to gauge what our impact is on the culture has been the worst measure of everything right you talk about the grammys you talk about like a double xl you talk about like a source um the rock and roll hall of fame like these things have all been gauges for music in like they don't judge black music the way that they should they never have and they probably never will and if they start doing it we that's not even the type of validation that we should be looking for a couple of years ago, people kept talking about we should uh, champion the BET Awards. Nobody cares about, and like it's sad to say, but nobody even cares about BET for it. You know what I mean? That's not. They had to move it to strictly um, online because nobody was like, nobody cared right. about it. Like they moved it to, like, that's bad. Right. <laughs> that's so bad. I understand that we don't have real ways to gauge. Like there's, there's certain, like a hip hop, I think there's a hip hop museum in New York. I don't know if there's a hip hop hall of fame. If not, there should be. You know what I mean? There should be a board of people who are actually respected in black music talking about like gauging black music. Like, why, why are we leaning on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to champion Missy Elliott? We shouldn't care. 
we should not care. And I understand that it's good. Like if anybody's going to get in and if they're going to recognize anybody for anything, I'm glad they're recognizing Missy Elliott. I love Missy Elliott, but we shouldn't care. Yeah. I I think we just have to like come up with a better way to show our impact or a better way. Got to be more careful. Um, <laughs> if we got to show get a better way to show our impact on the culture and what we've brought to music because honestly black music is music like if we're coming out to the what it is like most music is derived from what we make and that's just what it is so i think things like the BET awards and like when the source awards i feel like something like that that was really big in the 90s and the early 2000s before that was done i feel like stuff like that is important but it's like do we have the dollars behind it it's kind of like hbcus like everybody says we should go to hbcus everybody says we should be putting money into the back into the black community but do people do it and do we have enough capital compared to the the white people the white shows to keep up so I guess I understand that. I, I don't know. I just think I agree with you. And I always wondered that question. A lot of these HBCUs are underfunded. A lot of black business don't have the, mm-hmm. the like financial capacity to do these things, but it has to start somewhere. You know, I think the economics of just the black community is an interesting thing because uh, I think about that that Martin Luther King quote where he was like, I led my people into a burning building. You've heard that one? And yeah, I, I yeah. think that is that is that build like is that move reparable? You know what I mean? Like his idea was to merge everything together instead of keeping it segregated. And when he realized that wasn't the path, is there going is there ever I don't want to say is there ever, I think there is in terms of being if I'm being completely honest, but there is a world we where we circulate our own dollar with our own with our own people. I think it's coming. I think it's mm-hmm. slow for sure. Um, I, I I told Dad that I'm, he said he doesn't think black people will ever get out of the place that they are. Shout out to you, Dad. But I said <laughs> no. I don't fucking agree with you because uh... no. I said this, and he's saying this, and we say this in the span of our lives, right? He's been around longer than us. So he's seen the black community in terms of supporting black people, dealing with a lot of black businesses and stuff like that in a 50 to 60 year span. We've only seen it in a 22 year span. Bro, slavery was 400 fucking years. So to 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 quantify anything based off of a metric of how old I am, how old he is, how old we go back two generations to even quantify it on that is fucking not insane, but it's not, it's kind of ignorant to how long it took. It took a mad, it took a really long time. And so I think that it has to, you have to at least give some time for it to happen. And it's probably not going to be anywhere near equitable, anywhere near equitable in the time that we're alive. You know what I mean? We can send it in a certain direction. We can make moves to, push it that way but to really see the like the gap shorten or change in any way it's gonna take over a hundred years that's how it always works yeah I don't like yeah and i feel like our generation like is one of the first generations to have the freedom to even think like this to 
do the things that our parents wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they, there was still a lot of restrictions. There was still a lot of barriers. And I mean, although there still is today, I feel like there's a way higher chance of you meeting somebody being a, being a black billionaire of you being able to put the black dollar back into your community of you being able to start up strictly black owned business i feel like that's more of a possibility than it ever has been so i think it this is the generation where it starts and i think yeah like you said it's going to take a while for it to really show right right and i don't think uh it's sort of it's sort of like that thing where they say if your head's pointing i remember dad used to say when we were playing basketball if your head's pointed towards the ground that's where you're gonna go and i remember he that's just how balance works and that's just how focus works I remember when we were in judo, it's like, yo, you keep your eyes where you want them. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so if we're focused on all the negative in the way that it won't get better, we just say it's not going to get better. You're right. It's definitely not going to get better. But if you at least have an idealistic point of view of potentially saying that it could get better, it might get better. It doesn't guarantee anything. But I think, I think remaining positive and at least idealistic and things like that is important. You know what I mean? I think certain people, certain people are very uh, nihilist in their point of, point of view, and I don't like, I don't, I don't like look at them away. I understand why they feel that way. I think a lot of people feel that way, and I don't think there there's not evidence against what they're saying. You know what I mean? I think we just have to look for the evidence. We have to look for evidence pointing in the other direction because that's it's either you think you're going to get better or you're not. If you don't, you're not. You know, right, right. Well, that was a that was a rabbit hole for Missy Elliott for sure. But I think, yo, fuck, fuck the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, fuck them, fuck them. I'm in agreement. <laughs> fuck them. Okay. <laughs> fuck Ed Sheeran wins copyright versus the gays. This has been. Wait, he, he won? won. I thought he, he lost. Won. They were saying that it was, and then he won the other day. I saw tweets from people saying, That's bro, nice. there were, but there were tweets of people saying, <laughs> there were tweets of people saying that the bluff, like he was calling a bluff. He was like, like he's probably a top five streaming artist in the world, a top 10 or something. He's really one of the biggest artists in the world. And if he's saying, I'm going to quit music, he's a cash cow. You know how many people are making money off Ed Sheeran? So he probably said that. And then all those people went behind the scenes and was like, hey, the gays can't win this one. Because I definitely don't think, I don't, where the copyright rules are so weird because I think you should credit to a certain extent. But when I, I haven't, I'm not old enough to tell you what the musical inspirations of the people that played that song, which, which uh, Marvin Gaye song was that? I'm not um, sure was that. It wasn't Let's Get It On. Yeah, it was. It might've been Let's Get It On. It was? I think it was. Just let's get on. Yeah, because it was Yeah, so it was uh, Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran and Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. And they definitely, yeah. you could hear the inspiration in it, but to say that, I feel like it wouldn't be fair unless you went back to whatever, whatever writing camp or room or wherever they created Let's Get It On and go figure out what their musical inspirations were and what they were thinking about when they made Let's Get It On. Everything is inspired by something. Nothing is new under the sun. And while if you get a direct right. a direct uh, sample or a direct like relationship or inspiration from one song and you make another, you should in some way 
break it down with them or you should in some way credit them or pay them. But there are certain extents where it's like, how how do you quantify influence or how do you quantify inspiration in that way? Because everybody's inspired by I, something. I, I, I don't I don't agree with that all the way, just for this song specifically, because literally one, if you look up, let's get it on on Spotify, thinking out loud comes up. That's one. Two, I just feel like that, just like the Robin Thicke song, those are like direct derivatives of these Marvin Gaye songs. You could say they're not, but you can literally put them side by side. It's the same, basically the same beat. They sound like um, samples to me. Those two specifically sounded like they sampled those songs. I thought they had given them credit, at least Ed Sheeran, because of how close it is. I feel like it's written maybe you could say it's inspiration but it felt like a sample to me honestly not, like that's what that song that. sounded i'm not like. disagreeing with that 100 percent, they should have got credited but i'm saying if that's the case keep that same energy who the fuck did who who produced it was probably the funk brothers who produced let's get on let me look it up but whoever they were listening to on the way to the studio that day because there's probably a song i'm saying there's probably a song prior to let's get it on that has a similar feel to that. Okay. And I'm saying if that's the case, that makes sense. How, like maybe maybe we're just at the point where the gays fell into the right right place, right time thing where they had a catalog of music that was diverse enough in a moment in time where you could enforce copyright. Like you can enforce copyright today, mm-hmm. you can enforce copyright ten years ago. So it makes sense for them to go after it. But I'm saying that somebody in when did that song come out? Let me get some more information. You're saying like it's hard. Like, where's the bar at that where does point? It, where because... does it end? It, it came out in 1973, yeah. Yeah. right? So if it came out in 1973, who's not to say that there's something in 1961 that influenced that? We don't know. Nobody has okay. nobody has yeah. the the wherewithal to go check. You know what I mean? And I think if like it would it gets so confusing at that point because if you think about wait, do you uh? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. Can you not see yourself or something? No, you recording continues to run. Oh, okay, no, we're good. Uh, it, your video just cut off for a second, but as long as you can hear me, it's fine. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. Yeah, I can. No, we're good. So I'm just saying that I guess, yes, the gays should be some way paid, but at the same time, it's not even like Marvin Gaye didn't produce the song by himself, I don't think. And so I just think there's so many people to credit for something to get made that it just gets confusing as to where that starts and where it doesn't. Yeah, that that makes sense. I guess it is kind of hard to quantify that with every song, too, because most things are a derivative of something else, like especially with music now, like it's a lot of just derivatives of old stuff. So I feel like it's kind of hard to like you said when does it end like yeah what's the extent i think gay i mean the gays are getting to the bag which is dope i don't think no they're they're robbing people bro they're the mafia 100%. Like, every time they hear something sounds a little bit like marvin they coming for it I, I, <laughs> like every time i want to look to see who is in charge of the marvin gay estate because it's not marvin it's probably not his dad hopefully not it's definitely not his. I think his dad went to jail because his dad was the one who killed yeah, him. That's what I'm saying. It's definitely not him. But I wonder who's in charge. Oh, yeah. Who's in charge of the estate? It's like 
who's in charge of the Michael Jackson estate? And I just saw that Sony was buying, you know, Sony out here getting to the bag. Sony was supposed to buy back Michael Jackson's, whatever equity that Michael Jackson's estate has in Michael Jackson's music, they were going to buy it. And it was worth like 900 million or something crazy like that. Didn't his family sell it though? Oh, they already sold it? I'm pretty sure that's what it was. His family was the one selling it. I've, that's what I was asking, uh, not if they sold it already. Oh, yeah, yeah, they might have sold it already. I got to double check that. But I saw something in the news about that the other day. And that combined with Sony just be going after people's masses and publishing. Like, I want to own everything. Like I told you, well, last week I talked about how they, they're buying into Bad Bunny's label um, this year, or they're trying to. So, I don't know. Marvin Gaye's kids own his estate, by the okay. way. It's split three ways between them, but they don't get any performance rights. So They don't get any performance. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not mad mm-hmm. at it. I'm not mad at it. All right. Well, yeah. the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, ad- this advertising article I read on Music Business Worldwide. Shout out Music Business Worldwide. I get a lot of articles from over there. But... Um, it was essentially somebody writing about, I'll give this person credit, David Turner. David Turner was writing about the advertising models of streaming platforms and how over a period of time they just sort of break down and they don't, they don't seem to be working in the way that people initially thought they were. Last week I talked about how Spotify has never had a profitable year period ever they started in 2006 never had a profitable year and essentially saying that the advertise the cost of advertising versus the cost of like content and how many because the, the thought is you have the free and the premium model and so essentially you putting out tons of free content with ads in it is supposed to be the lead in to getting people to buy the service right so like you think about spotify free and spotify spotify premium you know and basically saying that the free model you'll get enough advertising dollars to cover whatever you're spending in content and overhead and all that other stuff and eventually get them to pay a monthly and what this article is basically going on and talking about was how a lot of the biggest streamers in the world outside of spotify and other places like india and things like that how they are also losing money. Like nobody's ever breaking that profit. It's just not happening. And so other businesses um, that were successful in terms or have been, have had healthier financials have just cut their free model completely. They basically just got rid of the free model. It's like either pay or you don't. And this is interesting for a couple reasons, but I think the thing that because we're building a business here, right? Like this is going to be a business. This is a music business, right. right? I think we traditionally growing up, the thought, like when I was thinking about getting into the music business and applying for jobs, you think of the music business as the business of just selling music. You know what I mean? The, the labels own XYZ, they're paying the artist. This is the music business. The artists go do XYZ, but in the real grand scheme of things the music business or the music i guess we're talking about the music industry right like all the supplementary things around the music 
itself is the valuable thing. Like the music is what gets people there. And all the supplementary stuff is what makes you wealthy or rich or makes you profitable, right? Like Diddy didn't make a billion dollars off the music. He made a million dollars off alcohol. Well, he made a, a large portion of his money off alcohol and media, you know what I'm saying? Selling the hip hop and selling right. stuff in media and then also selling the alcohol because it went with the image. You know, Jay-Z made his money in, in alcohol. Jay-Z made his money in sports and entertainment and stuff like that. And I think seeing the streaming model not work out like that is just, it's almost an assurance that it's, unless you just own the, unless you just own the music, like a label where you're just getting in residuals from people listening to it, your business model has to be, your business model has to be unique and has to sell something outside of the music or in addition to the music. It can't just be the music because it's not, it's not sustainable. Yeah. I th- I think that's something with Spotify, like there's no incentive to it. And I think people are often looking for an incentive when they're putting their money into something like, or see even seeing it as an investment. And I feel like, what are you really investing into with Spotify? Yeah. So I could see how people wouldn't want to, you know, pay for that, how they would lose profit on that side. And I think they're going to have to move to that model where it's pay or don't, because it's it, like, I think that that free model doesn't really work. Like it's just, yeah. it loses you a lot of money on the back end. Yeah. I read an article. I read an article. I'm referring to a lot of stuff from last week, but I just wanted to talk to you about some of these things. I read an article last week about how, I think it was an opinion piece. So I don't think anybody at Spotify verbatim came out and said that they needed to target, um, baby boomers as a, the next demographic of uh, yeah. people that like download the app and pay. But basically the thought is because America has the most purchasing power of any other country, most of your top demographics are gonna come from America or like your, like the West. And so they're targeting, they're trying to squeeze that lemon for as many people as possible because they can pay the most. And pay rates are different in other places. like. Spotify, I read something that like for one listener in America, it's equivalent to like six listens in Nigeria or something like that. Because you have to, because when you're advert, the way advertising works is like they pay per X amount of listeners. So like let's say it's a thousand listeners in America and they gauge that number off of the purchasing power of the people that, that are listening, right? Like you could buy something, you're more likely to buy a product being advertised to you on Spotify than somebody in Nigeria. So they equate X amount of people in Nigeria because of their purchasing power with what you have. And so right. when I think about like, yeah, I mean, I, I have a video coming out pretty soon about the, the almost cultural ignorance that comes with a company. Not, I'm not singling out Spotify, but a lot of these Western countries don't understand other parts of the world deep enough to really like, maximize profits in those areas like i talk about all the time how when i click brazilian funk on fucking spotify i should not see burner boy this makes no sense i should not see skilly bang in the afrobeat section when i click that you know what i mean like these little nuances that are like confusing the listener or not coming across in the design of the app are honest, not costing them, they're costing them money in a way, you know what I mean? If you don't understand those things, potential customers aren't going to be able to use your product effectively. And I think 
as a business. And if you're on a mass scale like this, where you're trying to service millions of people, the only way to grow, the only way to make this make sense is to have a huge consumer base. You can't just like target these same people over and over again, because eventually, like I said, your costs are rising while your your like premium tier is almost leveling out. So you have to go get more customers. And so the only way to do that is to go out abroad almost. Like that's what they were saying. Most 85 to 89% of people our age and the generation above us were using some type of online streaming audio. And so they're like, we have to go get uh, older people. It's like, no, you can stay in this demographic. You just have to go to a different place and you have to just target. It. I, I don't know. I just thought this was interesting just because we're building a music business. And I think this stuff is important to look at when you're trying to understand how to make money in, in this industry. Yeah. I, I definitely think they're going to have to change up marketing, but you know, like I feel like America, <clears throat> especially just one of those places where people don't see stuff that's not right in front of their face. Yeah. Like they're not gonna, they're not really interested in what's not around them. Like people just have location bias. I feel like when it comes to news, music, all that, even the companies that are supposed to be trying to make money and, multiple different areas make money everywhere they're not they're missing out on a lot of it just by missing out on marketing like not marketing to everybody only marketing right alex ramosi had a clip the other day where he said if you want to sell more stuff to different types of people just have somebody else say it right and i think the one of the appeals of his company is that he's a co-ceo with his wife and his wife echoes a lot of the sentiments that he does or or vice versa he echoes a lot of the sentiments Mm -hmm. that she does and so a demographic of people that might stop and watch Alex Formosi might not stop and watch his wife and vice versa. So if you are culturally nuanced to understand that enough, you just go get the people in that area to talk to those people to say the same thing because they're more likely to listen to mm-hmm. you in that area because you're from there. And I think that that goes over a lot of people's heads. People see that as, no, like I'm not a good message and you should just listen to what I say. But you're just going to be more likely to tune into what specific type of people say how psychology works. And so I think that as a business, it would behoove them to not go and try and find somebody to help them with more areas that they're not as familiar in. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. Yeah. What you got planned for this weekend then? I'm going to see Shrey because it's his birthday tomorrow. So um, his girl was trying to get some of the guys to come out there. And then um, I had to pay, like, all my deposits, like my admission deposit, my housing deposit. Um, I do all that stuff, Uh, some homework. And I'm really just finishing up for finals. Um, I low-key got to go pick up my cap and gown. I forgot about that. But, yeah, I'm really just getting ready for graduation and getting ready to finish community college but that's good yeah yeah summertime coming soon bro i was uh i was talking to colton earlier today and he was saying that he wanted to come he wants to go to miami but he was like we should just do like a road trip you come come to jack and go to miami and i was like yo tony was talking about at some point us going to miami so we gotta figure that out because if we just like both y'all fly in on a weekend we go down for a couple days we come back y'all go back that'd be pretty smooth yeah, I'll definitely look at my schedule let you know what looks good for me. And you went out, so that looks like the end of the podcast. Thank you for coming to the R&R podcast this here. week. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, love. See ya. Oh, Subscribe yeah. for Subscribe. more. Subscribe. The socials will be on the end. You know, we upgrade. It's getting better. So.
At least it was at the end, not the beginning. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 